Curry with the shot, Ben cooking with the sauce, Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301, live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 140 of Curry in the Pot. I'm your host, I'm your guy, Mike Curry, and I'm back here with another episode. This is another episode, and this isn't quarantine style, this isn't on IG Live, um, but I appreciate everybody that's been constantly supporting me, um, you know, ever since the pandemic begun. Um, but this is episode number 140. Um, if you're new here on YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe. And once again, man, we're available on all platforms, iTunes, YouTube, as I just mentioned, Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. Last time I was with you guys, I did episode number 139 featuring my dad, featuring my OG. We did an NBA playoff preview, and we had tons of fun, man. I enjoyed it. I definitely appreciate you guys' feedback on that one. A lot of people love my dad, and, you know, He's definitely the reason that I got involved into loving sports. So before we get to today's topic, so episode 140, man, I just wanted to dedicate this episode to Jacob Blake, who was shot seven times by a police officer. And, you know, fortunately, he survived, man. But not only did that shooting, not only did he survive, but sports shut down for a couple of days. We had basketball boycotting. We have um, football t- players and football teams not having practice. We have baseball players boycotting. It was a real, real big movement and one of the biggest movements and best moments in sports. Um, so that's something, you know, to be, you know, to applaud and to be proud of. As a sports fan, I'm, I'm very, very proud that, you know, athletes that I love and admire were able to take a stand and they took a stand and put pressure and put the onus on the owners to to make some switches, man, and to get involved in, you know, social injustice and just talk about that and just be able to create organizations and be able to create, you know, ways where people can vote and, you know, their arenas and stuff like that, man. I thought it was big, man. Um, we still got some ways to go, man, but it's great to see that some steps have been taken. I do have a lot of stuff I want to talk about real quick, though. I want to do a really, really quick first round recap of the playoffs, and then I want to jump into the second round. Second round has begun, but the first round of the playoffs literally just ended. We had a couple of game sevens in the past couple of days, the Jazz and the Nuggets, and also the Thunder and the Rockets. So I do want to talk about real quick the first round matchups, and I think I predicted every one of them right, but I didn't get you know the correct amount of games. Um, But let's just talk about it real quick. So I want to go in the East. We had the Milwaukee Bucks. They beat the Magic in a gentleman's sweep. It was a five-game series really, really quick. But I do like the heart that the Magic showed in that series, and particularly Nikola Vucevic, who had a really, really good series. He played really, really well. The the Magic, they were just... They were just running their offense through him, and the Bucks really, really didn't have an answer for them. But for the Magic, I do like, you know, young guys like Markel Fultz. Um, they were missing Aaron Gordon um, from some time. I believe they might have missed him the whole series, but I know he definitely missed a couple of games. Uh, Jonathan Isaac, another young player, he did not play in that series. He's out for all of next season, actually. And, you know, they just don't have enough. Just don't have enough firepower, man. But, you know, it was no really, no, no huge surprise to see the Orlando Magic lose to the Bucks, man. They won that one in the gentleman's sweep. Another series we had was the Toronto Raptors going up against the Brooklyn Nets. I said on the preview, man, the Nets were just happy to be there. They were just happy to be there. They were led by Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, you know, a bunch of guys sat out of the bubble, DeAndre Jordan, 
Spencer Dinwiddie. We all know Kyrie and KD, uh, who I'm going to talk about in a little while. Um, they didn't play, obviously. And, yeah, man, it was just an absolute mismatch for real. Nets did play hard, though. So I will say that, man. I did admire that. Raptors won that series. Another series we had, we had the... We had the Magic. No, no. We had we had the Pacers in the Heat. That was another first round series, um, which I thought which I thought was pretty pretty interesting, man. And instead of the sense that I thought it was going to go more than four games, I did not think that the Miami Heat were going to sweep the Indiana Pacers. That did ultimately lead to them firing head coach Nate McMillan just two weeks after he got an extension, which I don't really really understand there, but. The Heat, man, they, they've impressed me, and I'm definitely, definitely going to talk about them in a moment, man. I'm, I, I can't say enough about the Heat, and I can't say enough about how they've been playing, especially against the Bucks in this series. Um, next series, we had, we had the Boston Celtics. Who did they take on in the first round, man? For some reason, I'm drawing a blank. Um... I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. We had the Boston Celtics taking on Jesus. Oh, the Sixers. There we go. The Boston Celtics taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. And that series was also a sweep. I did acknowledge that the only person and player that could help push the envelope for the Sixers would be Joel Embiid. That series seemed like it happened so long ago, but that did lead to head coach Brett Brown getting fired, which I thought was definitely inevitable. And we saw the Celtics, man, they swept them and they're in the second round series versus the Toronto Raptors. I want to switch gears to the West real quick um, because we had some fun and exciting series in the West. But I got to start with this series right here, man. The Lakers and the Portland Trailblazers. Now, I want to say this because. A lot of people, and I'm not just saying people I know personally, but a lot of people on sports media, First Take, The Herd, Colin Coward, people were literally saying that the Trailblazers could beat the Lakers, man. And especially after the Trailblazers won game one. Now listen, now listen, now listen. LeBron James has never lost a first round series in his career. So if you guys thought that it was going to happen there, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. A lot of people say, you know, who's going to guard Dame? We guarded him pretty well. He averaged only 24 points per game in that series. LeBron James, he played spectacular. He played spectacular. Averaged a triple-double in that series. He looked amazing. Anthony Davis, he looked amazing, averaging 30 and 10. Whoo, man, I'm so excited for the Lakers, man. They have a, a, a nice series coming up on Friday against the Houston Rockets. Should be an exciting series. But I just wanted to say, man, to all you people that predicted that the Trailblazers will beat the Lakers, shame on you. Absolute shame. Next series, man, one of the most, I feel like all the, all the long series besides that series happened in the West, man. That's literally what happened. The next series, we had the Clippers taking on the Dallas Mavericks. That series was entertaining, man. Shout out to Luka Dantich, who is a young star, man. I don't know about superstar, man, but he's definitely shown me that he could be a superstar, man. You look at the numbers, man. He had 43 and 17 in one game and like 10. And like he had a 43, 17 in like 12 games. It was crazy, man. Something we haven't seen done in at least 30 years. The last person to do that was Charles Barkley in a playoff game. But Luka Dantich, he showed flashes and the brilliance of what we can see 
in the future, and the NBA is definitely in great hands. Clippers won that series in six games, even though Paul George struggled mightily through the first four games, averaging only 15 points through those games, but he did get out of that slump. But like I said, the NBA is in really, really good hands, which (laughs) gives me a segue to the next series, which is the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets series. This series came down to seven games. Shouts out to Jamal Murray. Shouts out to Donovan Mitchell. Both of those guys were able to score 50 in that series multiple times. Um, Jamal Murray had three games of 40 plus or more. Uh, Being the last person to do that was Allen Iverson. Literally on the list with Allen Iverson and Michael Jordan. That's absolutely remarkable. Shouts out to Jamal Murray. And just shout out to just shout out to the Denver Nuggets, man, because they did win this series in seven games. And the last game was ugly, man. I figured, you know, the refs would let them play a little bit. Um, you know, all of that scoring was, a was you know, it was just a weight. So the amount of points they were scoring was ridiculous. And I know Denver doesn't really have a good defense at all. But scoring 40 and 50, that was just, I guess, a bit unsustainable. But... Shouts out to the Utah Jazz. Shouts out to Donovan Mitchell, man, who played really, really well. And I just, first, let me say I was wrong on that series. I had the Denver Nuggets beating them in five. Mike Conley had missed, the, uh, I believe, the first game or the second game. I think he missed the first and the second game. And he came back that third game. It was like a huge shot of adrenaline. No, the Jazz did blow a 3-1 lead, but I didn't have them winning that series at all. And... Because they were missing Bogdanovich, who was their second leading scorer. That's tough to replace a 20-point score. But Jordan Clarkson did play well. Moody Gobert played well some nights. But they just didn't have enough, man. But credit to them because I thought that series was going to be over way before it did. And they were actually up 3-1. Um, for the Nuggets, shout-out to you guys. You guys did overcome that 3-1 deficit. Um, game 7, the pressure wasn't on the Nuggets. They were down 3-1 in the series. And the pressure was all on the Jazz. You blow a 3-1 lead, that's that's not a good look. Uh, but shouts out to the Denver Nuggets, man, for winning that series. They will play the Clippers in the second round, which I will talk about shortly. And the last series that just ended, we had the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets, man. That series also went to seven games. Also went to seven games, man. That's crazy. That's I, I got to give a lot of credit to CB3 and the Oklahoma City Thunder just simply because... We wrote them off. A lot of people wrote them off. Unless you're a Thunder fan, you pretty much wrote this team off. Uh, They were projected to be like 13th in the West, not even get this opportunity. And they relish it. And they go to a place where they weren't even supposed to be. Game seven of the first round against the Houston Rockets. Now imagine if they would have won, man. They did have some critical errors. I do not like that inbounds play. Um, Steven Adams was cut into the basket. But they had they had they, they had opportunities to win that game, so I will say that. And for people, I remember Danilo Gallinari shot that technical free throw at the end of the game. A lot of people were saying, you know, why didn't Chris Paul take it? But Chris Paul he doubled down on that in the post game interview, and he said that Gallo Danilo Gallinari has been taking those. He always shoots the technical. That's pretty much what CP3 said. But shouts out to CP3. Um, he had a bit of a resurgence. A lot of people say, you know, he may be washed up, man, but. 35 years old, still proving that he can get it done. And he put that on display, especially in game number six. Um, But shouts out to the Rockets as they advance to the next round of the playoffs. So let me go and transition to the East because these series have already begun. And 
we have the Boston Celtics taking on the Toronto Raptors. I actually thought that the Raptors would win this series in six, but just looking at the matchups, they just don't match up well with the Celtics. And that's 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 literally what the playoffs is all about. It's all about matchups. You're seeing that firsthand with the Bucks and the Heat, which I'm going to get to in a moment. But it's all about matchups in these playoffs, man. And the Celtics, they just have a bunch of guys who can create their own shot. You look at the Raptors, they don't really have a bunch of guys that can do that. They they never really had a bunch of guys. I mean, last year they had Kawhi, and, and I think it's I think it's a little different because it's a different packing order. You had Kawhi as the number one, which he's definitely, a, you know, worthy of being the best player on the team. He's been that for a while. Then you have Pascal Siakam, who is now the number one. You have Lowry, who I think is a really good number three. He's now a number two. And they just don't have enough shot creators, though. Fred Van Vliet, he can create his own shot. Siakam, to a degree, kind of, but he's still he's still maturing as a player. And Kyle Lowry, he's hit or miss, man. I'm not really a big fan of Kyle Lowry, but he's a hit or miss type of player. Um, when I look at the Celtics, they have a bunch of guys who can create. They have Kimba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown can even create his own shot. And I said this, this is why I had the Celtics coming out of the East originally. Because they have guys that can explode and get points. Like Marcus Smart hit six threes the other day. Mark Marcus Smart hit six threes the other day. Like that's that's crazy. They they can beat you with different guys. I know they shoot a lot of jump shots, and that could be their downfall, but they just have a bunch of guys who can create. And then the game is all about buckets. It's all about scoring. It's all about, you know, it's all about putting the ball in the hoop. That's the object of the game. And they have multiple guys who can do that. So I think it's just a bad matchup for the Toronto Raptors. They are down 2-0 in the series. I expect them to win game three, but if they don't, this thing is over. I want to transition to the other series who I wish I could have done an episode before this one, but I was always on the heat. I was always on the heat in six, and now they are up 2-0 in this series. They have a lot of guys who they can throw at Giannis. Bam Adebayo, the primary defender, Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler, Andre Iguodala, who did get banged up last night, but I expect them to come back at some point in the series. They just have so much. They're not afraid, and they're literally building up a wall to prevent Giannis from going downhill. He did have a better game in game two compared to game one, but the Bucs just don't have enough. I think, I think, you know, I think they could still win the series, but I don't really see it. I don't really see it, man. The Heat, they can beat you in ways. Jimmy Butler, he only had 10 points last night, and the Heat still won. Lee had 10 points. He had no more than 12. But that just goes to my point. And the Heat almost blew that game, but Jimmy Butler didn't even have to score that much for them to win. Jay Crowder stepped up. Goran Dragic has been sensational in these six playoff games that he's played. Um... Duncan Robinson, he's a shooter. Tyler Hero, I love his game. Bam Adebayo, first-year All-Star this year, was a candidate, was runner-up for most improved. They have a lot of guys that can just beat you. And the Bucks, they don't really have it. Giannis, his game hasn't quite developed to where he can beat you in ways in the playoffs. He is a great regular season player. You know, it's easy to get up and get, up and get down the court in a regular season setting, but... He doesn't have a face-up game. He doesn't really have a post-up game. He doesn't really have a consistent jump shot that you can trust that's reliable enough to beat you in ways. He doesn't He just doesn't have a lot of stuff in his arsenal, man. Great player, tremendous talent, 
don't feel bad for him. The Bucks just don't have enough, man. I kind of blame the media because they painted this perfect picture of the Bucks being the, the next team, the team that can win it all. But when I just look at it, Giannis' game is still flawed. He ha- has troubles at the free throw line. He just doesn't – his game just isn't all the way there yet. And he's still young, 25 years old. Maybe he needs some help because outside of Chris Middleton, and when Chris Middleton is not playing well – Bucks usually don't win. Eric Bledsoe, he's their third guy. I haven't been impressed with him in the bench. We've heard all about Milwaukee's death. It hasn't shown up. Pat Connaughton, Dante DiVincenzo hasn't really showed up, man. So I think this is just a bad matchup for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I think, you know, they can get by the um, Celtics. They could probably get by the Raptors since they don't have Kawhi. But this, this right here. It's just a bad matchup. And credit to the Heat. Credit to Eric Spolster. He's doing a magnificent coaching job. And the team just has the they just have the perfect Pat Riley makeup. They just have the DNA. Jimmy Butler, his imprint is all over this team, man. It's all over this team. So shouts out to the Heat, who are up 2-0 in the series. Let's shift gears real quick. And I want to talk Western Conference. I think. These couple of matchups are interesting, but they're not going to last, man. I think we're ultimately going to get what we want, and that's the Clippers versus the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. And here's why. I like the Denver Nuggets, but they really they made me not like them so much when I saw the way they defended in the Utah series. So if you can't stop Donovan Mitchell, who's a terrific young player, how can you stop Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? Kawhi Leonard's top five. Paul George is definitely top 15. I just don't know. Um, the Clippers won the season series 2-1. to one. The only game that the Nuggets did win was without Paul George. So I don't really know. I don't really see. I think the Clippers can honestly uh, end this series in five games. I, I genuinely do. That's, that's just my opinion on it. You know, they have some nice young players. Young Jamal Murray has definitely showed me something in this bubble, man. Um, Gary Harris returning for them was huge defensively. But when I just look at this team, I just they just don't have enough. They just don't have, and they do not play enough defense. They for sure don't play enough defense. For the other series in the West, we have the Lakers and the Rockets, man. I think this one should be a fun one. Excuse me, the Houston Rockets did manage to win this season series two games to one. But that's not going to persuade me on my opinion, man. I think the Lakers should definitely get this done. I think Anthony Davis should have a feast. But I think this series is going to be entertaining. And I got the Lakers in about six in this one, man. Just It just depends on how locked in uh, you know they are. Um, will they be super, super locked in the way they were in the Trailblazers series? After game one, the Lakers really locked in, and they got those guys up out of here. I do think they could do the same thing with Houston. Um, I think Anthony Davis, like I said, should have a fantastic series. Dwight Howard, um, JaVale McGee, all of those got LeBron. They should be able to feast on the boards. We should see Rajon Rondo at some point in this series. Um, I do like the Lakers, but I like the Lakers in about six and, you know, back to that Nuggets series, Nuggets Clippers. I like the Clippers in five. And I'm still on the Heat in six. And 
I might got to go Celtics in six now. I think Toronto will show me something, but I got to go Celtics in six. So that's a little quick um, Western Conference and Eastern Conference playoffs in the second round. So I'm excited, man. I'm definitely excited. I want to transition to a coaching hire, man, which which caught me by surprise. This morning, the Brooklyn Nets have announced that they have hired Steve Nash, Hall of Fame point guard Steve Nash, as their next head coach. I have, I think this is actually going to go well, man. I know a lot of people are surprised. Some people are angry that, you know, maybe a black coach didn't get a look. You know, Jock Bond, he did a really, really good job taking over for Kenny Atkinson. Um, he will join Steve Nash on the staff, but I think this is a good hire, man. Um, Steve Nash was a consultant for the Golden State Warriors the last five years. Um, that was, you know, obviously tied to the tenure when Kevin Durant was with the Warriors. And he was also a mentor to Steph Curry. Steph Curry I'm sorry. I think that this could be a good hire. I think it, I think it potentially could be a good hire, man. Steve Nash, brilliant mind. Obviously, we know what he did in his playing days. Two-time MVP was the was the engine, was the straw that stirred the Mike D'Antoni offense, the seven-second or less offense. And you know, he was around with the Warriors as a consultant. You know, you know, over there, I guess you could say dynasty kinda, um, where they won three championships. KD won two, and he was around. He was around. So I think you you may see shades of Steve Kerr's offense. I think you could see that. I think it's a really, really interesting fit, but I think that Steve Nash could be really, really successful with this team. It helps that he's close um, with KD. You know, they've grown close to each other while Steve Nash was in Golden State as a consultant. And, you know, Kyrie and KD, they did sign off on this. So I like it, man. It's, it's, it's new. It's fresh. It's surprising. But I like the potential that it has. I really, really do. I think Steve Nash, you know, was definitely going to be a coach one day. But I didn't think it would be this soon. But shouts out to Steve Nash and congrats to him. He is now the new head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Next, I want to transition to some football, man. We have football coming up real, real soon. It actually starts a week from today. This episode probably will be released tomorrow, but we have football. But um, we do have some news, man. Leonard Fournette the other day was released by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I said to my guy, B. Jones, I think Tampa Bay is a really good fit. I think it happened. And B. Jones said they have a lot of mouths to feed, which which he wasn't wrong, man. But I just thought, I just thought, you know, they don't really have a lead back. Ronald Jones, I like him. I like him coming out of USC. Um, but he's not a real, you know, three down back. He's not that. He's not really a lead back kind of guy. They have LaShawn Shady McCoy. He's up there in age, so he's definitely not a lead back. Um, but he definitely, you know, at this point in his career, I think he can provide some value as a receiving back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady loves to throw to his running backs. We've seen it with James White. We've seen it with Deion Lewis. We've seen it for a long time. So I think Shady McCoy is good in that element. But they don't. They didn't really have a, a, an alpha, a running back, a true running back, which I thought Leonard Fournette makes a lot of sense from a proximity standpoint. It makes a lot of sense. He doesn't have to leave the state of Florida, literally. So I think it's a good fit. I think it's a good move. I'm definitely going to see him getting those goal line carries. They say LaShawn McCoy 
is still going to be really, really involved in the offense. Bruce Arians said that. And Bruce Arians also said that Ronald Jones is still a starter. So that could change definitely with time. You know, obviously the Bucks have been going through an entire training camp with Ronald Jones as their lead back. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense for him to still be the lead back. But we'll see, man. We, we will see, man. I'm, I'm excited, man. The NFL is back. Me and B. Jones are going to do an NFL season preview next week. So I'm excited for you guys. It'll definitely be out um, before the season starts. Um, lastly, I want to talk about we've had some fallen. In a sense, we have some fallen legends, man, um, over the past couple of days, man. So I just wanted to pay my respects real quick. And, you know, we lost Chadwick Boseman, great actor, you know, in films, Black Panther. 42, Get On Up, um, 21 Bridges. We lost him, man. We lost him at a really, really young age of 43. And we also lost the great John Thompson, former Georgetown coach, um, was there, you know, when they had Alonzo Mourning, Dikembe Mutombo, Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson said in his Hall of Fame speech that John Thompson saved his life. Um, we lost John Thompson. It just made me, it just brought me back to when I was younger and my dad, my dad used to always pick me up and we would go get in the car. And, you know, sports is literally in my blood, man. It's literally in my blood. But when I was young and my dad's Montero Sport Mitsubishi truck, gold truck, he used to always listen to John Thompson's radio show. And I just remember, you know, always hearing Coach John Thompson on the radio. And it's just, it just broke me, man, because I know my dad was sad, too, man. I could I could definitely tell, you know, this loss definitely hurt him, man. He was a good man. He was a great coach. Um, first black coach to win an NCAA championship. Um, just a great man. And gone at the age of 78, man, you know, rest in peace um, to John Thompson as well. Um, we also lost Coach Lou Olson. Um, former coach of the Arizona Wildcats, man. He got so many guys to the NBA. Um, Arizona used to really be a big hotbed for point guards and guards in general. You know, guys like Gilbert Arenas, Jason Terry, Mike Bibby, guys like that um, played under him. And other players like Richard Jefferson, Luke Wall, and Channing Fry played under him as well. Um, you know, rest in peace to another, you know, former great and another legend. Rest in peace to him. Cliff Robinson played in the NBA for, I believe, 19 years. And my dad was telling me the other day, Cliff Robinson was one of the first stretch fours out there. And I looked it up, man. He really was. He was knocking down threes, man. Um, average shot like 40% from the field a couple of years. Was definitely in the high 30s. Um, but I've heard a lot of stuff, you know, how, how a good competitor he was. Um, just, just a good guy. One defensive player of the year, I believe. Defense or six, man, one of those. Um, did make an all-star team, but like I said, was in the NBA for a really, really long time. Um, rest in peace to Cliff Robinson, another guy, man. We 2020, man, has just has just been brutal. It's just been brutal, man. And my hearts are with every one of those families, man. It's it's been a tough year, but to you guys, my audience, to everybody I know and I love. I'm just wishing we make it out, man. I'm hoping and I'm praying we make it to 2021. And 2021, please be good to us, man. It's it's definitely been rough, man. It's definitely been rough. Hasn't been easy. 
legends passing away, pandemic. But I'm praying that God will see us through, man. Um, I'm going to wrap this thing up, man. I'm your guy. I'm your host, Mike Curry. And I'm signing out, man. Episode number 140 is done. I love you guys. You guys take care. Stay home. Stay safe. And be good.